the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. I say good afternoon. It's 4.04. And I'm Randy Corcoran in for Stefan Tubbs once again today. Buddy Stefan, I think, is going to just go ahead and take advantage of this holiday week and get him, his bad boy self, fully recovered and back in the saddle. We hope to see him here bright and mid-afternoon on Monday. But in the meantime, it's you and me, baby. And, uh, man, can you believe it? Thanksgiving is just two days away. We are headed into the holiday stretch, and you know how fast it goes. Tomorrow, um, I'll be here, and we'll, uh, you know, try and soften the edge a little bit, maybe relax a little bit, and um, talk about Thanksgiving. In spite of all the insanity, in spite of, you know, a disappointing midterm election, in spite of costs and borders and fentanyl deaths and just so many things that we get pounded with day after day after day, are you taking the time? to find and remember those things to praise God for and say thank you for and uh, and just realize that, you know, as rough as life gets sometimes, it. my dad used to say, God rest his soul, it beats the alternative. And I find that to be the case every single day. And I hope you do too. So we'll talk about that some tomorrow. I'm extremely thankful to work Occasionally here for 710 KNUS and Salem Broadcasting, especially a couple days before a holiday because I came in. I was in federal court today and just running like crazy trying to get things done. And and uh, and I come in here and there are three luscious pies, three luscious pies back there in the in the kitchen. And I did notice a couple of things. Number one, the whipped cream bottle was extremely light. And the pumpkin pie was the most used, most utilized, most consumed of the three pies back there. But I think that was just a happy holidays from general manager Brian Taylor and program director Kelly Michaels. And it you know it just brightens up your day. You're not expecting it. I know the goodies are coming on Thursday, but uh, put a smile on my face, and I do appreciate that. By the way, I do Saturdays. Saturdays at 5 o'clock. I do Saturday evenings. My good buddy, Dr. Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, on Sunday evenings here at 710 KNUS. And um, if you're not listening on the weekends, man, there's a good opportunity to, especially in some cases, hear the other side of the story. And I'll tell you, on almost every issue especially the ones that you hear repeated and drilled into your head over and over and over on the news channels and and in some areas of talk radio, there is definitely another side of the story. And I just can't resist because I guess I've always been kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, um, not oppositional. You know, I, but I, started, I started tough, just rough, because... 
Well, for instance, my mom was a Jehovah's Witness. We lived in Ohio when I was in elementary school. And all of a sudden, I it was brought to my attention that according to her religion, and I didn't ever become a Jehovah's Witness. I wasn't, um, it wasn't insisted. It was a problem for my parents because my dad was a Disciples of Christ Christian, as was his father, the pastor of their church, who married all of his eight children and, and uh, uh, was also the town lawyer and the town newspaper editor. But uh, when I learned about this not saluting the flag, not pledging allegiance, that it was that that was offensive to God in the eyes of Jehovah's Witnesses, I don't know if I was being, if I was honoring my mom or if I was just had found a new way to be obstinate at school, but I refused to do the pledge. And uh, the way they dealt, this was a school that paddled. They had a big paddle, and that didn't come into play for the refusal on the pledge. But uh, I did find other reasons to remind them that they had it. Uh, But what they made me do was go stand outside in front of the big flag on the pole uh, while the school, uh, the classroom, did their morning pledge of allegiance. And, uh, And I just remember the, you know, you get kind of steeled to the, humiliation that you feel when you walk back in and everybody's looking at you and they think that you're weird and odd and all of that. And I know it's not an apt comparison at all, but we've had this horrible shooting in the, in the, uh, down at the gay club in Colorado Springs. And so it always brings the left out Denver post editorial this morning, trashing Lauren Boebert for her hate filled rhetoric against gays Um, but if you've gone through experiences like that, I was brought into a school as a new student, middle of the year with, with my hair pretty long and it was really frizzy and, you know, kind of almost Afro like when I was a kid. So I had this big kid, this big head on top of a real skinny body. And so once again, I was kind of the odd man. I had a funny accent. I was from some place out West called Colorado and, um, and that was when we moved into Chicago. But I just, I remember what it felt to be an outsider. And so when I, when I hear people standing up for people who are suffering with gender dysphoria or people who have transitioned their gender or declared uh, a different uh, gender than their physical body might otherwise indicate or whatever, um, you know, I don't feel mocking. I don't feel angry. I don't feel disgusted. I don't feel judgmental. That is not any of our jobs. But I feel sort of compassion for the feeling of being the other. But what I don't understand and, and what I will never, I don't see how I could ever come to accept it, is how we are supposed to restructure our entire and, for the most part, successful, up until recently, society to adapt to or to provide, you know, safe space, extraordinary extraordinary carve-outs of safe space for people who are an other, who are different. I think it's incumbent upon, imperative upon all of us to teach our kids and to remind each other and to work on ourselves to be compassionate compassionate, tolerant, all of those things, so long as the other and their demands, their needs, and their wants 
don't interfere or try and dictate to you and me what the normal course of our life should look like. It doesn't make sense to incur the expense of creating, you know, a third bathroom instead of a male and female bathroom when funds, if funds are limited, if you could use those funds better, you know, in the school that you're building or, or whatever it is. Just because some people are the other. If you have biological body parts of a certain person and you haven't, you know, cut them off yet or in, installed the, the um, prosthetic or, or whatever it is that the some extremes that some folks find themselves drawn to or forced to or some children are abused by, then how about just adapting your otherness to the society around you? Don't tolerate people being rude or disrespectful or you know, condemnation. And I'm not talking about in school, man. We used to call each other names and they were sexual names. They were homosexual names. They were racist names or, you know, uh, Pollock, I think was a good one when I was a kid. Like, but it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. It was just kids blabbing. But this small, tiny, is that redundant? small, tiny, teensy, weensy, <laughs> this category of people valued and valuable as they are as human beings is trying to utilize the force of government and the, uh, you know, I have my own thoughts and I express them often about the underlying motives and intentions of the radical leftists in charge of the Democrat Party and primarily in charge of the state of Colorado right now. But this small group of others of different people are trying to utilize that power through government, through punishment, through litigation to force everyone to conform to their specific view of themselves or their specific view of how the world should be. And it needs to stop. It must stop. We can't back down to it. We can't back up because of it. We can't reorient ourselves to some strange new world where, you know, it's more desirable in some parents' eyes to take their children to a drag queen show than it is to take them to a Bible study or to a previous to being woke Disneyland or tech with Disneyland, an amusement park or, or something else that, that drag queen story time. You're to feel guilty. If you don't think that that is a wholesome, nurturing, important environment to expose your three, four, five, six, seven year old child to, And any time there is something as disgusting and angering and saddening and heartbreaking for the families and the loved ones of those that were killed and the probably for many lifetime impact on those who witnessed it and those who were injured by the shooting in Colorado Springs is to have the, the wise, woke, 
brainiacs who know better than you how to organize your life, how to live your life, how to educate and train and raise your children. It brings them out of the woodwork to tell you how wrong you are and how you have to change. And where has it gotten us? Where has it gotten us? Should we be an accepting society? Of course we should. As we mature as a species, as a civilization, as a country, as a state, as a family, we should get better at those things. Every single day we should strive to get better, more understanding, more tolerant, less judgmental, more patient, less reactive. Put a smile on your face. Meet the challenges of the day that way instead of automatically and already ready for a fight. We should all be doing that. But it ought to be a two-way street. It ought to be that the people who are demanding that we accept their view of their self-identity, the way they want to order their life or order their children's lives, they owe us the same level of understanding and compassion and room to be who we choose to be. And they don't do it. They don't do it. They uh, demand conformity from you. I pulled up this Denver Post editorial. It was updated just an hour ago. And uh, it's by Seth Clanman. No, Clanman. K-L-A-M-A-N-N. Clanman. Don't know nothing about him. At least. At least. Oh, and Elise Schmelzer. Well, they've got interesting last names. And at least they're Denver Post people. Their email addresses, anyway, are at denverpost.com because the Denver Post is nothing more than an expanded version of Colorado Politics or the Drudge Report or all of the other websites that just sort of aggregate news now. So much of their news is AP or New York Times or Washington Post, all of the the left-wing hits. So these folks put together their editorial. The man accused of opening fire in Colorado Springs nightclub changed his name in 20... Oh, that's the wrong story, actually. That's about him. Here's how they started. We are weary... Weary. Sorry. We are weary of writing versions of the same editorial over and over again. Thoughts and prayers do not end gun violence. Words matter. Hateful, intolerant speech has no place in public discourse. And then they grieve and they ache. So they have their own words of thoughts, maybe not prayers. And a lot of these folks are just godless heathens. Bless their souls. And they wonder about what prompted him to the the killer, the alleged killer to do what he did. And in the other story that I'd accidentally opened and started to read to you, they talk about his troubled youth and his criminal father. He He wanted to distance himself from his family name so much that he petitioned to actually change his last name and his father, I guess, signed off on the petition. But then they turn their sights on my dear friend and current Colorado State Representative, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, lefties, Lauren Boebert, who will be starting her first term in Congress in the majority. Um, 
Nancy Pelosi went away, you may recall. And so, they say, we will once again write that the gunman is responsible for firing those bullets, but we provided the tools, and there are those among us who fed a narrative of hate and intolerance, failing to either understand or care where those words can lead. Let's take our favorite. Now I added that. Representative Lauren Boebert, who tweeted this out on Sunday. The news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. This morning, the victims and their families are in my prayers. This lawless violence needs to end and end quickly. And then they say, this is the same person who had previously offered up these gems. Take your children to church, not drag bars. And we went from reading Rainbow to Randy Rainbow in a few decades. But don't dare say the left is grooming our kids. And for the Denver Post, for these two editorialists, that's hate speech. And I can tell you, I've written for the Denver Post before. Um, Last time I suggested a topic, I didn't even get a response. I know they fired or let go John Caldera, George uh, Brockler, Dick Wadhams, uh, pretty much, you know, pushed away people who uh, at least lean to the right. But they don't even address the fact that Lauren Boebert, And hundreds of millions of Americans and Christians around the world are entitled to suggest, to remind, to encourage parents to take their children to church, not to drag bars. I would just love if you could do a counterpoint, if it was profitable, I would just love for somebody to set up a counterpoint, the the anti-Denver Post. And any time nonsense, garbage, hateful speech comes out of the Denver Post like this editorial, just put it up and then answer it. She and people who believe in God, that believe church is a wholesome place. And, of course, they'll say, oh, but the Catholics is a child molest. Of course, all of those facts are true. And I've seen the videos of drag queens grinding their junk in the face of children, putting them up on stage to emulate and imitate them or put dollar bills into their G-strings. We went from reading Rainbow to Randy Rainbow in a few decades. Now, I don't know Rainbow, and I can just assume, though, what um, what those two references are. But don't dare say the left is grooming our kids. I could write my own 750 page news uh, 750 word news story with links and videos and proof that would show you that would prove to you that the left some in the left a significant dangerous portion on the left are grooming our kids and yet the denver post shrinking readership and profitability takes their editorial page to go out and just simply attack someone who is offering up an opinion with which they disagree. There's more in this editorial. I do want to talk to you about it. 303-696-1971 is our phone number. Got some great audio here for you. Going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Arizona. That election is not over. Very, very interesting as time goes on. The Arizona deadline for certification of their elections is November 28th. 
So, you know, they've got six days to get lawsuits filed. And uh, But, man, oh, man, even just on Twitter, you can see um, so many videos of violations of law, violations of protocol, frustrated voters who didn't get a chance to vote or couldn't get their vote counted or kept having their ballots rejected and on and on and on. So we'll get into some of that. We'll talk, uh, share with you a little bit of this background that's coming up coming out on the Colorado Springs alleged shooter. And to take your calls, really anything at all, 303-696-1971. Late for the break. It's typical for me, and I apologize for it. (laughs) But uh, we'll get to our newsroom right now at 425 here on 710 KNUS. All right, well, if they're not going to say anything, finally... Talking heads, aren't we all? Welcome back. It's four, almost 4.30 on your Tuesday pre-Thanksgiving evening and a decent night out. It was a gorgeous day today. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturdays at 5 p.m. and um, glad to be here. Stefan sends his regards. And uh, before I get back to the Lauren Boebert editorial, I just I need to finish venting on that a little bit, I think. But I really love things that happen sometimes when you're out in the world. I was in federal court today downtown, and um, for the second time this year, and, you know, this isn't – I do a Saturday show at 5 o'clock. I mean, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not like the big dogs doing uh, daily radio or anything like that. It's, it's not my, my career. I, uh, it's not what I – I love it. But uh, – I'm walking through the court, and uh, and somebody comes up to me and 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 uh, stops me and says, "Are you Randy Corcoran?" And I, I always have a joke when somebody asks me that. I'll say, "Are you a process server?" And if they say no, I said, "You're not from the IRS, no." And then I'll laughingly say, "Yeah." But um, second time in the federal courthouse that somebody came up and said, "I just want to thank you for what you do. I listen." to your radio and uh um and I know all the things that you're out there slugging away for and and thank you for thank you for it and I I just I just can't tell you how that elevates a busy hectic crazy day because when you're sitting here with uh even with a a beautiful smiling specimen of a man across the glass like Leroy Deppenbaugh um but you're you know you're just talking into a, a stick and Maybe people are listening. Maybe they're not. Um, text messages are coming in uh, when calls come in. You know, you know. Sometimes if you've hit a nerve or got somebody's interest, but you really never know who's listening, paying attention. Uh, when you go into court challenging, you know, Jared Polis for his never-ending executive order declaring a disaster emergency as he's extended yet again for this year, extending his COVID executive order powers with some modifications. Unbelievable. They will never end while he's governor and while we don't have Republicans in control. But you go into court and, you know, most of the cases get dismissed or knocked out or you lose them at trial or you lose them in a preliminary stage or whatever. You get subjected to lawfare. People don't like what you say. They come after you. And you just have no idea whether the late nights and the early mornings and the the extra time you spend to 
try and make a difference, you know, politically or in somebody's life or just whatever. You just never know if anybody's really paying attention. So I guess my point for that is not to sit and pat, my, pat myself on the back, but, man, if there are people in your life or people that you come across or whatever and they, and they make any kind of a difference, an entertainment difference, a support difference, somebody fixes your car and, and cleans up, you know, wipes the grease off the steering wheel before you get in or something like that. It is Thanksgiving week. Say thank you. Show that appreciation. Appreciation and thanks and smiles are so very contagious. So very contagious. And I guess real quick, before I get back to um, to Lauren Boebert, phone number, by the way, 303-696-1971. couple of text messages coming in. I'll get to those in a second. But uh, every Saturday on my show, there are a couple of things that you must hear. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. I just wanted to make sure that people don't forget what a lying, dangerous, damaging, in my opinion, criminal Anthony Fauci really is. So this will probably come as good news, what Fauci had to say at either today or yesterday in a press conference at the White House. Thank you very much, Green, for that really very, very kind introduction. It's really a great pleasure to be back here with you again, albeit, I believe, for the last time. Woo! Yay! All right. Won't have to listen to that. And frankly, I've got some Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre audio here if we get to it today. Talk about a babbling fool. I mean, I thought Biden was bad. I thought Kamala was bad. But the press secretary, someone who should be a master of synthesizing questions and giving succinct and direct and informative answers, even if she's got to spin them to support the left-wing agenda or whatever, she's the worst. She is the absolute worst, as you will hear shortly. But I did not want to get away from Fauci without you hearing his Thanksgiving advice. Very important. First of all, everybody should be vaccinated and boosted with flu and with COVID. Whether or not you wear a mask or another thing we shouldn't underestimate is testing. So when we're gathering at a family gathering for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for any other holiday as we get into the winter, it makes sense that you might want to get a test that day before you come into a place in which you might be infected and spread it or other people who might be there in order to protect. So there's masking is important, but you can count masking, vaccine, boosting, testing. All of that is part of the spectrum of protecting yourself and your family. Says the fully vaccinated, fully boosted mask wearing doctor, probably creator, Satan's spawn of this CCP, Chinese Communist Party, Wuhan virus who's had COVID now, I think, three times. The director of the CDC, five times. Isn't that right? I think so. I think so. I know she got it like three times back to back to back. You remember that they've changed the definition of a vaccine from something that prevents you from getting the mumps, polio, other serious diseases, to simply saying it will protect you from more serious consequences. Even though the numbers, the extraordinary numbers of people who are being harmed after taking the vaccines, um, 
a new documentary that's out. I'll, I'll dig up the name for it so you can see it. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, Suddenly Died, I believe, is what it's called. About an hour and ten minutes, and not to be watched with children because it's got, you know, dead people and, and uh, autopsy results and things like that, I'm told, from what is caused by these so-called vaccines. But that's what they're out doing, man, jab, jab away. Don't worry about your young women in case they want to have babies. You know, we do have problems with, with uh, the reproductive systems after the jab. We've got people like my friend, uh, former police officer, who I've talked about many, many times, who took the jab after having COVID very serious, getting well, getting through it. So therefore he had, you know, full, not or at least strong natural immunity, but Denver police made him take the jab, couldn't walk within a week. The truth is coming out about those stories. Courts are ordering the CDC and others to release those results. The FDA had to lie in court and say that their demand that people stay away from ivermectin as a treatment for COVID, um, there was just a recommendation, all of those things. And then I hear, I guess we're not going to get to Lauren Boebert this segment, and then I hear that Aurora Gov- um, Mayor Mike Kaufman is these promos that he's done encouraging everybody to get their vaccines for flu and for COVID. And if you listen to all the disclaimers that come on after it, it appears that there's a certain pool of money that was made available for mayors and different groups, different categories of people to get access to if they make these promos. And I, I I don't have Mike Kaufman's phone number. And uh, there was a time we used to have breakfasts and talk when he was in Congress and different things. And, and we still do. I met with him at uh, at a very important meeting, gosh, probably a year, year and a half ago while COVID was still a nightmare and trying to figure out ways to keep cities open and kids active. And, uh, you know, nothing personal here. But has he even looked into the damage the proven now damage being caused by these repeat vaccinations. Uh, people near and dear to our heart who have gotten fully vaxxed and fully jabbed and then get sick as hell with COVID. In fact, in, in, uh, is it in Holland? You know, I'll look this up on the break. There is a country, it might have been the, the Dutch, who have now put out statistics and government warnings that say it is more dangerous to take the so-called vaccination than it is to get COVID-19. And I'll just throw in the caveat, unless you're in that dangerous age, that dangerous health situation, have prior existing conditions that put you at extremely high risk, but it's treatable. I've had it. We treated it. Man, oh, man. And the blindness continues. It's just incredible. All right, I am going to finish up my just my commentary on this disgusting, angry, attacking. And, and they're, just, they're just so gratuitous. And they just take advantage of the left, takes advantage of any opportunity to go after law-abiding gun owners and anybody like 
Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, who has the courage to speak out from a position of praising God and preferring church to drag clubs and drag queen shows for children and prefers wholesome literature to all of the sexualized garbage that we find in our schools now. And we've got to push back on it. And people, and you know, it's working. Disney lost so much money. They got rid, they fired their CEO. They brought back another loser, another left woke guy. So we'll see if he, you know, sees the writing on the wall. Go woke, go broke. My understanding, I haven't checked it out, but I hear it often enough. And you can see by the shrinking size of the Denver Post and the segments that are dropped and the people that are fired and the fact that they continue to be more of a news aggregator than a news producer, that it can't be working very well for them. Well, it's because of the Internet. They also told us that Twitter was going to fail when Elon Musk started getting rid of so many people and, and freed it up to be a more equalized free speech platform. And uh, he sent out a tweet today that said uh, record gains, daily gains in new uh, new traffic on Twitter. So, yeah, go woke, grow, go broke. I know we lost a, a midterm election, or at least uh, other than the House, didn't win all the things that we were told we would, that we thought we would, that we hoped and prayed that we would. But I am telling you, the trajectory is the right one. We just have to keep our heads down, keep our mouths open, be willing to push back, not step back. And, uh, you know, if God's on your side, you can't lose either, can you? All right, it's 442. I'm Randy Corcoran. Let's check in with um, Lori Kelman in our 710 KNUS newsroom. I can't even say la da 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 that fast. Can you, Leroy? <laughs> George Benson, love it. Welcome back. Stefan Tubbs Show, Randy Corporan. Good to have you here. About 13 minutes to go until 5 o'clock, and uh, we'll be with you till 7. Phone number 303-696-1971. The uh, loving text messages are coming in. Really appreciate them. Uh, let's see. This one was actually from earlier, I guess, not to this show. Start with the worship of guns, Trump adoration, screaming at Biden during the State of the Union. I don't have a problem with Republicans in general, but she is extreme in my opinion. So this text I'm about to read to you for today's show came from somebody who obviously was talking about Lauren Boebert there because she yelled at Biden, you lied uh, when we lost 13 heroes in Afghanistan because of his ineptitude, because of his disgusting um, decisions, abandoning our animals, abandoning our uh, supporters, people, our allies on the ground, our interpreters, and screwing it up so badly that we had 13 people killed there. But of course, you know, people like that who text don't have any problem at all with Nancy Pelosi standing up behind the President of the United States during a State of the Union address and ripping the speech in half. No problem at all. But anyway, that was an older text. The The new one today is, can't believe KNUS lets you fill in for Stefan. These aren't your whacked out, crazy, anti-vax groupies listening from 4 to 7. Wouldn't you love to just get a call from a keyboard warrior like that and, and just see what they know? What do they really think? I mean, we had one caller yesterday, and, you know, he was kind of giggly, and, and we had some back and forth, and... 
he thought he had me on the heritage, you know, and, and I'm on the phone with heritage every single week. But, um, but as we went back and forth and it elevated a little bit, instead he just resorted to what would he call me a dope, I think, and then hung up. So I, the keyboard warrior thing is just hilarious. I mean, I remember when Deborah Burks, you remember her from all of those press conferences? Man, did Trump have bad advice. Remember what she said? This was back only, uh, oh, why is there no, oh, there it is. This was in July of this year on Fox News. Dr. Burks, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. What? Quote, this is her. I could play it, I suppose. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. She went on and on. Do you remember how many times we heard, and Trump, of course, encouraged it. He, he made it possible for the creation of these vaccines in record time. And whenever I say the word vaccine, just substitute the word treatment. Because it ain't no vaccine. They, they had to change the definition of vaccines. Did not plan to go down this road. But uh, man, oh man, when you hear people promoting them, when you see people being hurt, when you know people personally who've put that poison in their bodies a thousand times and still get sick, which is crazy. I had mentioned this documentary I was told about, and I haven't seen it. So, of course, the left is saying it's a conspiracy anti-vax film, fake claims, etc. But an interesting comment is it's testing the boundaries of Musk's Twitter. The anti-vaccine documentary Died Suddenly premiered on Twitter late Monday, testing the platform's misinformation policies in the wake of Elon Musk's acquisition. The documentary was posted by the Died Suddenly Twitter account, which is currently verified due to Musk's now paused decision to provide blue check marks to users who pay eight bucks and quickly racked up more than 22,000 shares and over 830,000 views. So for these people on the left, if there is an opposing people, you know, from their in their world, aren't smart enough to watch something and question it and then look for a counterpoint or a counter documentary. They need the control freaks who used to be in charge of Twitter to do it for them. And as time goes on with this just remarkable growth in Twitter and, you know, Musk keeps tweeting out periodically, Twitter is fun now, and it absolutely is. Um, and all of the predictions that it was going to crash and everything else, uh, this is going to literally change the world. Because part of the reason the left got away with hiding, suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election, part of the reason they get away with suppressing all of the information that is easy to find and easy to prove about all of the shenanigans that go on in our elections, part of the reason that we couldn't talk about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or the worries, the damage, the reports, the studies on damage to children, damage to reproductive systems, blood clotting and strokes from taking these treatments is because the left had control of the narrative. And they're, they're not worried about 
Elon Musk allowing access to Twitter for their positions, but they sure as heck don't want him to allow access to your positions or my positions or our positions. They want to dictate. They want to determine what's true and what isn't. And time after time after time, with enough research, with enough passage of time, you learn that they were wrong all along. I just checked Elon Musk. Twitter added 1.6 million daily active users this past week, another all-time high. And you can bet your sweet booty that uh, that's going to just get better and better and better. And being able to get out the alternative message, push back, uh, people like Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, outspoken, disagree with them or not. Their voices are entitled to be heard. And they were deplatformed, like people like this keyboard warrior texter who won't call in to try and defend a position, but will certainly, um, you know, share it in a, from the safety of their mother's basement. A couple more texts. For over 100 years, the long game of the communists has been to tear down the morals and values of America. Khrushchev said that America would fall into communist hands like overripe fruit. Uh, and there were other comments, too. I don't remember if they were Khrushchev or not about how, you know, they wouldn't have to take us militarily. They'd do it from within. They would rot us from within. And Bruce in Denver asked, what are we seeing today? Absolutely. Loyal texter Alexa writes, I'm thankful that Elon took over Twitter. Check out Elon's response to Kyle Becker's tweet. Elon admits that there was, quote, not one permanent ban on even the most far-left account spouting utter lies until Elon took over. He's not banning them. He's just unbanning us. And man, oh man, they can't stand it. They cannot take it. All right, let's dig back into this Bobert editorial. Bobert was rightly excoriated for her role in elevating hateful speech against the LGBTQ community. Now remember, Take your children to church, not drag bars. And we went from reading Rainbow to Randy Rainbow in a few decades, but don't dare say the left is grooming our kids. What's hateful about that against LGBTQ? Not enough letters there. I think there's a lot more now in the list. As an added bonus, her hardline positions on gun control, meaning the Constitution of the United States, the Second Amendment, ruling out even common sense measures. No, she doesn't mean that she would not have supported any efforts that might have kept guns out of this shooter's possession. Lies. Enforce the laws that you have. This shooter made a bomb threat against his own mother, was arrested, was charged. Don't know the details on why that all got undone. Don't know the details on why law enforcement or somebody didn't, maybe since we've got red flag in Colorado, suggest it. Don't know what didn't happen that allowed this troubled kid, this angry, evil, not a kid, he's a grown man, to slip through the cracks. But more of their rules, more of their laws wouldn't have made a difference. They never do. Check out Chicago. Check out New York. You know it. I know it. 
All right, there are some new details about the shooter in Colorado Springs. We'll take a look at those. We'll get to some of your phone calls at 303-696-1971. And we'll jump into the 5 o'clock hour next, right here on 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.